the decisions that you make. Are you recognizing your emotion and your impulse and you're able to control it and make a more thoughtful decision? Or are you impulsive and you're gonna go to the ATM and go buy that thing at the store you don't need? everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Venus and Mars. You've got Anya here. And today I'm very excited to welcome back a Mr. Alex Resnick. So he's the CEO and founder of his training and consulting company, Evolve Leadership. He teaches the skills that actually bring businesses their greatest ROI. He teaches self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and communication skills. Now, last time he was on, we had an awesome conversation about male and female communication styles, helping bosses and CEOs relate to their employees better. We talked about why people get defensive, and we just covered so many elements of what happens at work and why and how we can make it better to the point that we didn't get a chance to really dive into relationships. So before this episode, I kind of mentioned to Alex that I really wanted to talk about all of the lessons that he's learned. Um in his career, in helping bosses and CEOs really get the most out of business and employees as well, how all of these skills and lessons and learnings are able to translate to home life and romantic life and intimate life. So we're going to dive in. Um, Alex, hi. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Happy to be back. Yes, this is so fun. This is my first like part one, part two. Oh, wow. All right. I'm, (laughs) I'm extra honored. I was already honored and now even more so. This is great. I love it. Um, so how's how are things? How's biz? Biz is good. Been a interesting couple of months, um, and in some ways really great, and in some ways really challenging. I think maybe some some of the same challenges that a lot of companies are facing right now. You know, you see the giant ones having crazy layoffs, yeah. especially in tech. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's been really great. We accomplished some milestones a couple of weeks ago. We did our largest in person training since really maybe since the beginning of any of it, because so much has been on Zoom for the last several years. Yep. And then a lot of my clients, even if they would like to have me in person, they have employees all over the country. So we still opt for Zoom, even if we could, you know, it's like it ends up being that way. So I trained 83 employees. Um, It was a client of mine that's out in Irvine or Costa Mesa. Mm. Um, So that was awesome. It was just so nice to be back in person again. Um. And then we have a couple more uh, big opportunities coming up that just really excited about. Love and it. then there's also been some, you know, personal challenges too. Um, client who has become a dear friend passed away unexpectedly mm. only a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So that was really tough news to get, especially because we last time we spoke, we had uh, not only a great conversation, but we had more that we were going to be working on. And I noticed that I hadn't heard from him from a little bit for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those reminders that it's, it's really is a yin and yang, you know, there's, there's the good and the bad, and that just is the way life is. And so you got to roll with the punches a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear that. I had, um, I was listening to something else and they were talking about how, you know, like entrepreneurship is hard. And then yeah. the other guy was like, uh, I don't remember exactly who said it. Um, 
this is what hard feels like. Like if you didn't mm. know what it, what it was like, this is what it feels like. And so yeah. you wanted, and then I think he was saying like, did you think this would be easy? And everyone's like, no, I, I knew it'd be hard, but well, this is hard. So, right. Yeah. When you're, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, oh, okay, this is that that like or that is this right here right now yeah yeah my business partner and i uh we talk about that a lot when we're having the tough days we're just like look we we got to power through we know what we're we're working towards and if it was easy um i don't know that maybe everyone would do it but it's just one of those like it just is challenging yeah you know so but it's a worth it challenge i like that quote you know working out and being healthy is hard being unhealthy is hard. Choose your hard. Yes. Making, making a lot of money is hard. Being, you know, poor is hard. Choose your hard. It's one of those totally. things where it's like there, everything has its challenges. There's no like easy street. Totally. So totally. at least you could choose it in some sort of alignment of things that matter to you. Yeah. To the degree that we can. Yeah. I love that. That yeah. That's great. You know, people chase happiness so much, but the the people that are chasing those happiness don't seem to be all that happy. It's, mm. It seems like it's not really about happiness. It's it's about fulfillment, and yeah. fulfillment is a is a nice big mix of 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 joy and pain together. Right. It's like uh, the things that people are chasing, and I'm sure I still do sometimes too. I'm not trying to act like above anything, but those things are usually a byproduct of doing the hard things, doing the meaningful things, having the tough conversations, doing the work you don't want to do when you don't, when you are doing the work, you don't, you don't feel like doing, but you do it anyway. The byproduct of that is happiness and fulfillment and more joy. And I love that. that. Totally. Well, thanks for being here. I'm excited to dive in with you. Um, Okay. So there are a couple, so you have a great Instagram one of the things that people said, uh, I got some feedback on our episode and they were saying like, he's just so concise and clear and he's just got such a simple, um, direct and just poignant way of saying things. And so awesome and excited to kind of get into more of that. Yeah. Um, one of the things you said, I would love for you to expand on this is, uh, how you say what you say is quote unquote, what you say. What do you mean by that? Um, that was one of those that like, I don't know if I heard that somewhere, um, but it's, there's so much more to communication than the literal words you say. And I think if we just pause right there, that's pretty obvious for most of us, right? It could be sure or sure, right? right? Two totally different meanings. Yep. And so I like that quote and I like that reminder because I think it brings some attention to us being more conscientious of how we say things, how we show up for people, the energy that we're giving off. Are we giving off warmth, open-mindedness? Are we being non-judgmental? Are we being curious? Are we being empathetic, understanding? Mm-hmm. I could list all of these really like warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. But are we showing up that way? Yeah. And I think what happens is in our very busy world, that's very distracted and agitated. We all have a lot of things on our mind. We got a lot of stuff on our plate. Again, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm in there too, but we can sometimes forget to show up this way. 
And I, I, I observe people a lot. I'm, a, I'm always people watching like a little creep. I'm, I observe people everywhere <laughs> I go. Too. I just people watch. And I find, I notice that a lot of people can come off rude. Like, you know, they're at the coffee shop and they're a bit, little bit rude to the barista. And my default is to be like, F that. And then yeah. lately I'm more like, they're probably not like some terrible person. Yeah. And they might not even realize they're coming off that way. Yeah. You know? And so I'll just kind of pause there for a second, but it's one of those things that like how you say things, how you show up for people, mm. that is what you're communicating. Mm. It's not just the literal words. And it's not to say that words don't matter because they do, but there's energy behind it. The nonverbals behind it. And I, I think there should be, I would like more attention around that. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Is it, isn't it? There's a statistic that 80% of our communication is nonverbal, like in yeah. any interaction. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a whole bunch of different stats, but whatever it is, it's always the majority. Yeah. Um, it's the majority. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. There's a lot of reasons and I'm not like the, you know, researcher expert, but from some of the you know, stuff that I've read and it's has so much to do with like our primal mind or kind of what is it, what is it? Lizard brain or monkey mind or whatever yep. it's, but it's like, we, you know, thousands of years ago, we needed to be able to very quickly determine if somebody was basically a, you know, a friend or a foe, is this yep. person going to harm me or, or, or are they, um, friendly and body language and facial expressions have so much to do with that. And if you had to, you could communicate with somebody without saying anything. You could even do that as a little exercise, totally. right? And so, so much of it is nonverbal for sure, but it oh. doesn't mean that the verbal doesn't matter. Mm, mm, that's a good yeah. point. You're right. It's like, man, I have definitely said this before in my life where I have been around somebody that completely that we don't speak the same language like we do like that person speaks Japanese I don't I don't speak Japanese I don't speak English but I feel so like connected like I feel yeah. like appreciated and loved it just feels good and then yeah. I have someone that like can speak English to me and we just feel so disconnected it feels so tense and weird and it's so crazy how that yeah. can happen it is I totally agree and I've had a number of those scenarios like I had a I've had a few scenarios like that. This was a long time ago back in San Diego, but it was a Brazilian woman that I met and it was like through two mutual groups of friends. We were all out at this like outdoor bar and I don't speak, I speak a tiny amount of Spanish because I'm practicing because I live in Miami and I, I think it's fascinating. I, I, Spanish is so cool, but I don't speak any Portuguese. I knew Tudo Bem, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And she didn't speak any English really, but we were <laughs> able to kind of like, you know, yeah. like point at stuff and kind of like, you know, vibe it out. And it, it wasn't like, it was like only this flirty thing. It did go down that path a little bit, but it, it was like, I don't know. There was like this familiar, friendly yeah. energy and there, and there was other people in the group where it was like none of that and the language barrier. Mm. And then back to your point, most people speaking English, I, I might have like, a, you know, <laughs> we're not on the same vibe. Um, totally. Uh, I'm skin, but uh, yeah, that's such a real thing. That's so true. That's such a good point. So I wonder why, like, specific <laughs> to relationships, when you when you first um, when I first saw you post that, I I was thinking about the four horsemen of relationship endings. So have you heard of those? No, I don't think so. So essentially, there's the uh, like relationship psych psychotherapist who basically. Um, in his clinical uh, research, he can kind of predict 90% of relationship breakups based on just seeing people interact with each other. 
Wow. And he can pick up on these four things, um, either criticism, contempt, defensiveness, or stonewalling. Wow. So it's like, okay, just like you're saying, like, yeah, I can do the laundry. That's of course. Or yeah, I, I'll do the laundry again. Right. right? right. And it's that, it's just that it's that. And when, when that kind of vibe goes on in a relationship for long enough, like it, it will end. Yeah. What did, what does stonewalling exactly mean? Does that just basically mean you're just like indifferent and blocking the person out kind of like you get quiet? Stonewalling essentially is, yeah, it's, it's, it's quiet. It's avoidant. It's completely just like, oh, I don't essentially saying like, I don't have the capacity to talk about this mm. as opposed to a healthy approach would be like, <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm really feeling stressed. I'm going to go take a 20 minute break, but I'd love mm. to finish this conversation so we can resolve it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the healthy approach, but the stonewalling is just full denial, full like removal of self. Yeah. Got it. Fascinating. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, one of the other ones that you talked about, which I think was really great. I'd love to talk about this. Um, tell me what you think. So recently you posted about like what, the fact that when you're late, when you're going to be late for a meeting, um, not giving enough notice in a, in a respectful way, essentially is like something yeah. you feel like you don't need to keep repeating, but people seem to have a hard time with this. Yeah, it's what, insane. What's going on? Talk to me about this. Yeah. It's maybe me just like, uh, you know, complaining about my experience that last week or two, I think a lot of my posts, um, like scratching my own itch, especially after I heard another client share something and I'm like, yeah, that bothers me too. Okay. That's going to be a video. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so I am still kind of just completely blown away by people who the no shows with like no heads up at all. Yeah. To me is that would, I, I'm not trying, like, I'm sure I could, I could put my empathetic hat on and try to understand, Yeah. but I don't, I don't get how you could not let somebody know that you're not going to like, it's like you at least let them know. I've never, I've never like no showed like that. Like that's wild to me. And I had a couple and one of them was with like a younger guy, uh, entrepreneur, maybe he's successful or not. I don't know. But like, he was kind of like very persistent to, to get a coffee meeting with me. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I'm not even like, I kind of almost get it. I don't get it, but I've been in outside sales where you're like really trying to schedule meetings without that. You're you know like, it's just a, it's a tough yeah. go outside sales. You get a lot yeah. of rejection. So you could get someone to be like, all right, yeah, I'll meet with you next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Come on by. You might get that. And then you show up to their office and they're not there and they're not going to tell you, I'm not saying it's okay, but you can almost kind of get it. Cause they were like, they don't want to meet with you anyway. They were almost just like, get out of my office. Totally. But if this person was like vying for my time and then mm. a no show and he, he, there was another experience before that with him. So I, I was like, no, we're, we're done. These are yeah. two crazy strikes. It wasn't totally. even like a, Hey, this real serious event happened. Then it's like, Hey, no problem. I get it. You know? Totally. And I even asked him first too. I said, Hey, everything. Okay. Like, you know, you're right. Before <laughs> I start to be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then, um, and then still a very surprising amount of professionals across all different industries, across various levels of age and success. So it's not like all rich people do this or all kids fresh out of college do this, all varying. Um, We're late to my, to our meeting. Again, a number of them were meetings they, they requested of me. Yeah. And 
were like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes after the meeting started. And I'm, and I'm emailing them like, Hey, I'm sitting on the zoom. Everything. All right. Are you able to join? Like any connection issues, you know, Wild. And, and then finally they're like, Oh, Hey, I got caught up. I'm going to be another 20, 30, 30 minutes. It's like, <laughs> that is, you're supposed to let people know like other people's time yeah. is valuable. Yeah. So I don't jump right to the conclusion that they are totally like self-centered and don't care about other people's time. I don't go right there uh, because I mean, I have ADHD. I don't, I don't try to like live in that label or anything like that, but I have times where like it truly is like a time warp and I'm like, Oh, I'm about to be late for something. Mm. And it's not because I don't respect other people's time because I genuinely do because I, I want people to respect my time. So it's not like I'm perfect and batting a thousand, but I can, I, I can kind of empathize with the person who's like, I'm going to, all right, I can leave now and I'll be 10 minutes early. And then you don't even know what just happened. Now you're running late. Like mm. I get that a little bit. And yeah. so I don't know if maybe someone else smarter than me could weigh in on this podcast and explain to me why that just doesn't make any sense. But for me, I like kind of get it. We all have these busy, distracted <laughs> lives. I get it. But I I don't know if I've ever not given someone a proper heads up if I yeah. was going to be running late, like ever. You but. know what I think? So right when I saw this, I was like, oh, my gut is telling me this is an avoidance mechanism. Mm, if you maybe, really yeah. think about it. So for that young guy, like perhaps there was kind of like a, have you heard of upper limit beliefs? No, Ever? but it also sounds interesting. Yeah. It's super cool. This uh, book, uh, the big leap by Gay Hendricks, one of my favorite books. Uh, he right. talks about how people, you know, <laughs> why does the professor who's been working on this big thesis, um, he has a big presentation, like, and he's up for tenure tomorrow and he's so excited. He's been working for years on this. Suddenly he gets laryngitis, like suddenly. Hmm. And then something else happens where you have this big thing, you're supposed to meet with someone and then suddenly something happens, right? A car accident. The idea is that your identity is not quite at the place where your work ethic is. So you self-sabotage in these ways where you want something or you've created a meeting or you've created a situation and you feel like you're not good enough for it or something. Wow. And so you find yourself avoiding it. Yeah. So that's like one way. And then the other way is I think when people realize they can't make something, like even a week early, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I don't want to disappoint anyone. So I'm just going to wait and see if maybe it'll work out. Maybe I can figure it out in the end. And then yeah. it gets really close and they're just like, God dang it. I still didn't figure it out. I'm still going to disappoint them. I'm still going to disappoint them. And then they make it way worse. Yeah. And to me, this resembles like how people don't speak about um, their like issues or mm -hmm. moments in relationship right when it happens. They're like, I'll just wait. I'll tell them next week. I don't want to spoil yeah. the moment today. I don't want to ruin our dinner or whatever. And then it yeah. and then it bottles. Right. So that's kind of my like, I guess, hypothesis on this whole thing. Oh my God, I love that. It sounds like I need to read the big leap. <laughs> it's really good. Oh my I, I feel like I might have heard of that. Or maybe like quantum leap. Is it something else? Something like that sounds familiar. I can oh my God, I can totally relate to that on a number of levels. Wow. Especially with yeah, like like a difference between the identity that I like and like limiting beliefs that I had and like imposter syndrome type stuff that I needed to work on and still have to work on for the things that I want to go do. Totally. And then 
I'll procrastinate. I'll like slip back into a rut and procrastinating on something that is like really silly. Like I could be in a rhythm of making videos and like one, one or two of the videos gets like a whole lot of attention. And then I'll, I know I'll, all I have to do is make one or two more videos today and send them over to the editor. And it feels like this heavy daunting task. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Where I just spent the last few weeks firing off a back, a giant backlog of content. I thought I like broke past that. Yeah. And it's like some sort of old pattern or belief popping back up again. I find that I don't know if, you know, I'm actually like curious about almost going back for even more coaching because it's been a few years now to now get to like another, like maybe I need more to get to another level. But I find that it's like, now I recognize it. I try to like practice a little self-awareness where I'm like, all right, instead of beating myself up, like, let's just take a look at it. What really feels like the block? And this could just be a recognition to me that I'm starting to like push up against this next barrier. Mm. And I need to like kind of power through this one. And now my comfort zone is expanded. And now I'm just used to doing this. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing this. And now I need to get to the next level. Now I'm going to hit this barrier again. And I got to like push past it. Like if it's like, you could almost, if you looked back at my Instagram, you could probably see the evolution of that. Yeah. And of like several, maybe like two years ago, it would be like maybe a post mm. every couple of weeks. Cause I was kind of like yeah. low key was like, Oh, I got to do social media. This sucks. You know, yes. like it was up to me. I would never want to really do it, but it's, you know, I've paid for ads that didn't really get a good ROI. So now I'm like, all right, it's free. I'm all in, let's do it. Um, and then yeah. there's always been these like spikes and then little dips and then you get to the next level and then there's like a little dip and then you get to the next level. And so like the last couple of months has been like, we'll just be consistent at least five days a week. Yeah. It's mostly been the case and I'll yeah. put a backlog of content. I'm like, all right, cool. Now we're like, well, why don't I just post seven days a week? Every people are on Instagram on the weekend. Yeah, like, totally. It's not like I shouldn't because like it's business hours. It's like, don't do that. So now yeah. I'm trying to post that. And then I'm like, well, why don't I just post twice a day? That's what the gurus are saying. Post right. two times a day. So it's like this next the like, next uh, level. Yeah. Um, <sighs> oh, man. The, I have something about the late thing too, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. But um, go for is, it. And then we'll come back to this because I have something yeah. about this. Well, I just, I remember uh, my girlfriend last year. Um, she thought I was, she felt like I was late a lot if I would go to her house after during the weekday. Mm. And in my head, some of those times I probably over, I, I overestimate what I can get done in what amount of time. I think it's sure. like another ADHD thing. Like, I think I have yeah. this superpower that I can nail these next three or four things in like an hour. And it's like, no, you definitely should have said two and a half or three hours. Like why, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I would always realize that I was going to be running late and then push it back. And then that one would be the one that I would meet. But I also had this idea in my head that if it was like, well, if I was just coming over and we didn't have any sort of plan, maybe yeah. it didn't really matter so much what time I was getting there versus if we had like a dinner reservation, there's, I'm not going to be late for that. But from her perspective, it was like, well, you just, you said it was eight. Now it's eight 30. And I didn't, maybe she was waiting on me one particular night, but she wasn't another night. So I, it, it occurred for me different. So that was one of those things that we had to talk about and and set like like a serious thing where it was like does do i need to be there at a certain time because we are doing something yeah or would you just like me to get here before nine type yeah. of thing yeah and then that sets two different expect that sets two different like levels of seriousness almost in my thing where it's like no matter what i have to get there i'm like yeah, I, can, I can be there at eight i can be there at 30 i'm not gonna get in any trouble totally but it was like we had to talk about that because we looked at Ugh. that as to two totally different situations 
It's huge. Thank you for sharing that. This is one of those like personal stories that I'm so that so many people listening to can relate to. Um, I can relate. I was just like her always. Yeah. Um, because also this is this goes back to our invisible barriers that you've talked about in the last mm-hmm. episode and our yeah. wounds, right? So if like for me, you know, I had like rejection wounds as a kid. So then if someone mm-hmm. is, is late after they said they would be there at a certain time, then I feel that like I'm being rejected. Yeah. And for and the entire I, time while yes. he's not there, I feel rejected. <laughs> and I I can feel a little bit of that too. I have a similar wound. And so when she told me that that's how it was was for her, yeah. I was I was like crushed because I was like that's the last thing that I would ever do right. to you because I I'm sensitive there too. I get that. Right. Um, and there was no, you know, malicious, like intent totally. or, or like, I ask her, I can show up whenever I want. It was, there was never that it was totally. like me racing around to like get things done after work. And like, totally. you know, my frantic little, like, I gotta, I gotta work out, but I gotta run my dog. I gotta run errands. Like yeah. wait, 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 after, you know, yeah like if she was a fly on the wall of watching me, like frantically try to leave the house, then she would know like, oh, okay. Uh, not totally. trying to reject me at all. This dude totally. is just like <laughs> trying to totally. juggle too many things at once. Ugh, it's such an important point. I think that um, people are afraid to speak up about that right in the moment, even early, like yeah. especially early early on. They're yeah. they're afraid of that because they're just like, oh, I don't want to seem, you know, difficult. Even though, yeah, right away is when you should speak up about it. Exactly. So right there is a a, a point that I love and have been thinking about a lot lately. And I've been talking about it a lot with like training and coaching clients. It's something I think we we all are aware of this, I think. But um, you know the book Crucial Conversations? No. Great book. Um, Writing it down. They talk about this, that basically the amount of time that you let pass in between having an important conversation is going to have a dramatic impact on the relationship. I think it also has a dramatic mm-hmm. impact on you, right? Because you're holding on to that negative energy. Yeah. And what happens is you start to see the person through the lens of the resentment, the yes. frustration, the way they let you down. And you and you fog up that that window you're looking through mm-hmm. versus seeing them for the, you know, amazing, loving person, you know, friend, spouse, colleague that they are. Yeah. You start to see them as like, ah, they're always late. Up, oh, they let me down. Oh, you know, and and those conversations that you're not having yeah. eat away at you and eat away at the relationship. Yeah. So the skill that I coach in clients that I try to practice in myself, yeah, is the skill to confidently have that conversation so it doesn't scare you so much. We have a lot of anxiety around the conversation. We, we attach anxiety to it. it just is a conversation, but we make it scary. Mm. And then if we know the words and the energy and the, the a framework to follow, yeah. which simply like, you know, it takes more coaching than this, but it's simply trying to recognize that you're triggered, bringing that invisible barrier down, so to speak, uh, calming that energy, yeah. and then just trying to lead with curiosity and understanding first yeah. and creating a safe arena, if you will where we could both speak freely. We're not here to yell at each other, mm. right? I'm coming from a place of love or support, but but this has been on my mind and I don't want to be able to talk about it. This has been on my heart. It's been on my mind, whatever the context. Totally. Can we have a chat? See if the person's cool with having a conversation, lead with calm energy, and then, and then you follow a, try to communicate in as, as objective of a way as possible. 
So there's none of the accusatory, you're always late and it make you don't care about me and all, you know, versus yeah. the, like, when you show up, you were 15 minutes late. Yeah. It made me feel like maybe this wasn't as important. I wasn't as important to you in this moment as yeah. it feels so good. Can we talk about it? And, so good. but it's, and it's not, and then it it's not going to necessarily go perfectly, especially early on, because it is a skill to strengthen over time, like yeah. playing the piano jump shot in basketball, whatever you have to practice, Yeah. but a kind of a, you know, hack or a little trick, if you will, is if you're coming with calm energy, or even if you're feeling frustrated and you communicate it in a calm way, you can say the thing you are afraid of as a way to just get through it. It's not like it's the perfect thing to say, mm-hmm. but you can just say that like, look, I was afraid to have this conversation because I didn't want to end up as, in an argument. True. Or it makes me uncomfortable to have to say thing to say something like this. I don't want you to yell at me. I don't want you to be mad. But I also like I got to get this off my chest. You could literally say the thing that is I'm afraid to say this because all right, say that. Yeah, it's just a so way good. through. And then if both people are coming to like I literally visualize this little safe arena. Mm. We're both here and it's psychologically psychological safety, right? Yeah. That's where we need to get to. Yeah. Then um, a lot of close friends in my life. Uh, my girlfriend who I referenced earlier, we were, we found that we were able to have like really tough conversations without like screaming at each other. We had those, those bouts before. And then we would come back to be like, neither of us want to yell at each other. (laughs) But like, that's not our style. It's not like our style to be like, I need drama in my relationships. I'm going to yell at you. It wasn't even Mm -hmm. like, so we both were able to start to just talk about things. Yeah. And it's almost like you're a you're like a third party neutral observer of your feelings instead of being all kind of totally Mm -hmm. wrapped up in it takes practice. Some days goes better than others, but that's the, that's the approach. It's such a good approach. To be honest, I actually had a recent situation at um, my day job where I usually work on this one client um, for this, for this scenario, for some reason, anyway, they brought in somebody else to work on this client. Um, We were supposed to work on it together. We started that way, but things changed. Also, a lot of people live um, a couple of states away, like the the company's based in a different state. So lots of remote workers. And so as it turned out, it just made more sense for the people that live to get nearby to like, keep working on this because it actually wasn't going so well. And anyway, I could tell that there were all these logistical and clerical reasons why I felt like nobody was answering me at a certain point. And then I kept messaging and and kept Mm. saying like, Hey, like, you know, I can see the, you know, the, the chart that says who's supposed to be working on what, like, I'm supposed to be working on this. Like, what's up? Like, how can I help? And then nobody's answering me. And then at a certain point, I like, was like, about to get on a meeting. And then there was like a a message that was like, Oh, sorry, like, we're only doing people that are in person. (laughs) So it was just like, I was like, what? So then I was really, I was really hurt, you know? Um, And it took me a minute to get to hurt because for the first second, I was really upset. I was really pissed. I was like, what is going on? Why is this so annoying? But then I was like, oh, I'm feeling rejected. This is my wound. Right. And so a couple of days went by, whatever. And then I ended up having like a call with um, one of the people that leads, um, led the project. And I was like, hey, really all I would have required was like a four minute phone call that was like, hey, you're not working on this anymore. Here's why you're awesome. You're doing another project moving on. It would have taken like no time, but yeah. I just like needed some like communication. Of course. And they they were just like, yeah, yeah, it was totally our bad. Like we should have 
I should have said that. So it was a beautiful conversation. And now we're much closer and like lots nice. of understanding. And I, I was really scared to be like, I have these like attachment wounds with rejection. So like when people don't respond to me, I feel like I'm, I messed up and then yeah. I feel shitty and like, I feel like down and I don't want to like keep working. Yeah. And yeah. I had to say that and I, it was hard. Wow. Well, good for you for having the conversation. Yeah. That's tough to do. Yeah, it was good. And, and, the, and that conversation can be tricky because sometimes we like, I'm not saying don't be vulnerable, but sometimes the word you want to, I don't want, I don't know. I feel like I'm like, you have to be able to speak your mind and your heart all the time. But it's like <laughs> the, the situation sometimes like you might, you might be talking to someone who's like attachment. Well, I don't even know what that means. Totally. Right. Totally. You know I, mean? you I was so scared. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And so like, sometimes you got to put vulnerability. And again, I'm sure there's a whole group of people out here who out there who will tell me why I'm wrong. And that's, and I'm all ears. But to me, it seems like there's a time and a place for the degree of vulnerability. By the way, I'm not implying that you shouldn't have said that at all. I'm glad that you did. Yeah. Um, it's like some people open up too much, too quick. Yeah. And the other part, the other person, you got to meet people where they're at. They're like, not equipped to handle all that. Like, I don't even know <laughs> yeah. what to do with all that information. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what half those words mean. What is space? What's holding space? I don't know what that means. Right. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah. it's great. Good for you for saying that. And then did you guys create some sort of path forward of how you'd yeah. like to communicate moving forward? Okay, great. Totally. That's, that's totally. The, hey, moving forward. Let's do this. And what I lo I love what you just said because I I really love how you just like keep things real and like keep it relatable for for as many people as possible. I said the word attachment and then I was realizing my audience and then I was like, so I really just I I need ultra communication like triple communication like that's yeah. what I need sometimes and then they were like okay cool we got it so it was like I felt it and then I like moved into. I moved from psychotherapy talk to yeah. like business talk. You know? Right, right. It was good. And and I didn't, and I just so you know, I wasn't like taking a jab at like that particular thing, but it did, it, like I, I have worked with and also I've heard from like, you know, friends and stuff who they've been like, well, I should be able to say mm. all these things that are on my mind and be completely vulnerable. And it's like, mm. uh, Yes. And no, I feel like you had, you, ha you got to ease into it. You got to know your yeah. audience a little bit. Yeah. It's like that analogy, you know, it's like, you know, like if you're, you're asked to whisper in the library, you're not going to be like, I should be able to talk as loud as I want. Cause that's authentically that. me. It's like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like, no, we're in the library. You whisper. Like it's I one of those that. things where it's like, you want to calibrate. I think that's a, that's like a lost art, if you will, like calibrate, know your audience, still be honest and, yeah. choose, and you know and the more you practice the communication skills you have the words that land yeah and it's like look when you guys didn't communicate to me it did it made me feel hurt yeah and so moving forward i'm i'm a type of person like hey manager you know you got to know your different types of people i'm a person who needs a little extra communication <laughs> yeah you know maybe so other people who are like hey you're not on this job anymore i'll explain why later cool no problem don't care that's another type of person no problem <laughs> you know as a leader leader you got to know your different types of people that you're working with Totally. Uh, but anyway, yeah. props to you for, for doing that and standing up for yourself. Thanks, I, man. That's awesome. I awesome. was really inspired by like our, our last convo and just, it's so nice to, cool. to kind of, um, meld EQ and corporate life together. It's, it's so important. And I, I just, yeah. I love what you're doing. Cool. Thank you so much. You yeah. know, it's like, um, I think this has always been my approach, but I think more so it's 
become clear that we really are like the practical emotional intelligence for, yeah. you know, for busy professionals, for managers, yeah. for leaders. It's like, I, th- I love this topic, but I also, I also can tell it's, it's so lost on, I don't want to say lost on people. Like it's like swept under the rug. It's overlooked mm. for various reasons. Mm. So my whole thing is like, if it, if it can be really simplified, then maybe people will recognize the opportunities to leverage it yeah. in their day to day. Cause it, it seems like it's one of those topics where it's like, you know, you see it on LinkedIn and it's like, Oh, the importance of being a great listener. And everyone's like, Oh my God, being a great listener, totally important. Let's share this. <laughs> yeah. blah, blah. And then they like go on about their day, just interrupting people and not paying attention. They're not totally. present, checking their phone. It's like, you just shared the post about good listening. How about we totally. practice the damn thing a little bit. So I look for these little, I call them micro moments where you just make these little minor adjustments to the behavior or the conversations yeah. you're having. And then there's I love that. I love, I love what we're talking about. I feel just very called to say this next thing, but this isn't about relationships, but um, uh, let's see. One thing I notice, I'm curious if you notice this, um, the different ways that leaders will like run meetings and like the, just like the, the seniors, the VP level people, the CEOs, like sometimes I'll see them just like kind of take over. This is how it is. This is what I'm, this is what I want to say. And then the people with the Mm -hmm. loudest voices will jump in and then that's it. But sometimes they'll ask each person on their team to give their perspective. Like, so, you know, Jenny, what do you think about what we're talking about? What's your perspective or Johnny? And it's so nice and it's rarely done. It's Mm -hmm. rarely done. But when it's done, it's like, so I just feel so happy when people do this because in human design, I'm also a projector. Have you heard of human design? I have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, recently. What are you? Um, Like, is it manifestor creator or something? I'm two. Manifesting generator. It. Yeah, that's me. Okay. But yeah. I don't, I don't know much about it. My friend <laughs> told me to do it recently and I was like, okay. And I just like took the test, but I don't really, I don't know much more. I'd be Got curious it. to learn more. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to learn about it. I'm not one of these people that's like swears by astrology or this or that, but I just think it's cool to learn and say like, oh, wow, if that, if something applies, then I'll take it. Um, But yeah. one of the things that applies is that like, I guess one of my love languages is to be invited to, to speak or to be asked things like, hey, what do you think? Or like, hey, like. What's your perspective? It's just as opposed to me jumping in and bulldozing, like I would never do that. Right. So, um, but what I mean to say is that it never happens. It barely happens in corporate spaces. So I'm curious your experience with that and how you feel about it. Interesting. Oh, there's so many things here I could, I would like to talk about. Um, (laughs) And then, and also I want to be, I want to be respectful of the time to make sure that we do get to the items that you do want to make sure we talk about. Cause um, either way, great conversation. We're just flowing Alex at this point. All good. Cool. Cool. So um, I I remember you saying that on the last podcast because the household, one of the reasons the household you grew up in was kind of quiet, only child, right? Yep. Yeah. And so like the, the loud bulldozy people, you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) It's like that (laughs) whole thing. Um, And then anyway, yeah. So I can kind of relate where I didn't know that that was one of I don't really know too much about the love languages besides the five. I didn't know that being invited to, like to get. Oh your no, I was just saying that just as a euphemism. Oh, is, like, oh, as a oh. thing. I wasn't saying that as like it's one of the things. No. Okay, but it, but but as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, I actually really like that too. Especially if you're kind of like new to the team, and someone's like, so Alex, what do you think? And you're like, oh, 
Oh, don't lose me. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it feels yeah. good. Um, so I'm sorry, was the question around like my observation of leadership of like leaders who are, uh, you know, uh, asking everybody their opinion and kind of like, like creating that type why of why don't more leaders do this? And like, who are the types of leaders that do do this? And like, what do you think about people doing this or not? Because everyone's an idiot. No, because <laughs> um, everyone, everyone's going to come from their own story, world, things they learned, reasons why they do their things. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know what everybody's doing. But it yeah. does seem to be a common theme that, again, this is not the only reason, but it seems to be this common theme where, you know, people enter the corporate world or the business environment and all of a sudden there's a little bit of this switch to like, it's supposed to be really serious and hard and it's all about money in the bottom line and it's cutthroat and blah, blah, blah. And like, um, and so there seems to be a little bit of that. Then mm. there's a little bit of like, well, I'm a manager now. And being a manager means I'm the boss and I'm mm. in charge and I'm calling the shots. Mm. And that could be because they have some deeper insecurity somewhere. And it's going to show up here in this sort of controlling. Now it's my time to finally do a little of the bullying. Mm. It could also be that they are not that at all. And that was the style that they learned from their manager Mm. And they were like, oh, that's, I guess that's what management is. That's, that's what I learned from my manager. And now I'm promoted. That's the way I'm going to do it. They might mm. deep down think it doesn't make much sense to them to do it that way, but that's what they learned. Mm. Right. They might not have gotten any other type of leadership education. Some people, it could be the competence of the team. Mm. So they, they might not have much a belief, much of a belief that they really think everybody on the team is that competent. By the way, that's a. It's not that they are aren't. Totally. That. I'm just throwing out kind of generalizations. I don't yeah. love to generalize, but there's these different reasons why I could show up. Yeah. Like you know, if I if I sit here and I ask everybody their questions, it's gonna be such a waste of time. And I know what to do. I know what we mm. need to do. So we're gonna get right to it. You know. Mm. And so it could be all of these different things. I don't. Mm -hmm. You know. It's like. Yeah. Like usually, why it requires a little bit of coach. You know, not a little bit. One on one coaching to just be like, let me help. Let me understand this person first, and then. We'll yeah. Work on behaviors. <laughs> cool. But. It is extremely common, probably the majority, even though even as I say that, it's like, what do I really know? But it does seem to be quite common. And it is one of the many reasons that I care about this type of work that I'm doing and that I love continuing to learn about EQ, psychology and leadership and influence. Because I, I just remember like ever since I was like, I don't know, maybe my first job out of college, mm. maybe even before that, I don't know, like when I entered the work world and just saw like the lack of humanity mm. and the, the hardcore cutthroatness and, be, and just always being like, does it have to be like this? Yeah. And then having other managers who were really fun and yeah. enjoyable to be around and who really cared about you and still held you accountable. And we still yeah. worked our asses off. Totally. I think a lot of other people who are kind of in like the hard ass sort of mindset think that if you're having fun and you care too much about your people, then you're sacrificing work mm. ethic, uh, productivity, money, whatever it might be. I totally. can't, I cannot be further from the truth. Um, totally. Yeah, but it's a big one. So it's one of the, it's one of the big reasons why I care about what I do because more people need this training. And I don't think it's because everybody's an asshole. I think it's because they're not aware that there are way that there are things that they could do 
Mm. principles they can instill, communication skills they can improve, mm. awareness they can improve on so they could show up as a better leader. They'd be, oh, you know, I never really thought that I should ask everybody's opinion in these particular meetings. That's a great idea. I'm going to start doing that. Love cool. that. Let me know how it goes. We'll, we'll talk again next week. You know, it's like- <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, this leads me directly to like a man-woman thing, which I realize perhaps this might be a cause for some of the resentment that is felt either at the workplace or even at home. Okay. So this is a scenario I've been kind of thinking about the last couple of weeks. I remember um, with an ex of mine many years ago, like I would always be just like busy doing a whole bunch of stuff, like cleaning, moving things, helping someone, signing up for something. And he would just be like chilling with his feet up, like hanging out like on the couch, just chilling. Yeah. And I realized and I was I was pissed about this. And I realized that he, because of the difference in male and female like motivations, I realized that he thinks that I want to be doing all the things I'm doing. Because if I didn't want to be doing them, I wouldn't. I would just sit down just like he is. And I realized this is a main difference between men and women. Women are quite externally motivated think about the gatherer. The gatherer needs to please others to survive. The gatherer needs to please the hunter. The gatherer needs to keep everyone together in the group. The gatherer is like the emotional glue of the tribe. So mm. she's really concerned about other people's needs. So she does a lot of yes when she means no. And this is something that women deal with. This is something that like our inner like spiritual force wants us to say no, but like we've been conditioned for thousands of years to say yes. So we are mm. stuck like signing up for that carnival on our Sunday, even though we didn't want to. And so, but men are not conditioned that way. Men, in my experience, not to generalize, but more most of the time are just like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want to, or no, I'm not doing that if I don't want to. And it's like very clear. So I find that women... Uh, start to breed a little resentment in those moments. Like, doesn't mm. he know I don't actually want to be doing all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really funny to me. Um, so my big like, aha was like, one of the ways to help men relate to women a little bit better in these scenarios is for, for men to, to use the question, hey, do you really want to be doing that? Mm. As a way to like drop her into her feminine like, so she can be like, ah, no, I really don't, <laughs> you know? So I'm well, curious what you think about all that. Well, what about like, like, like the awareness to ask if she wants help? Mm, yeah. That. Right? That's, I think that's where I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that's the, that's the, like a better answer, but like, I feel like that's, I don't like, do you really want to be doing all that? I think I'd have to like see certain like examples or specific yeah. people because there I can like I'm just thinking through different people that I know who it's like they that like that is how they they don't they wouldn't want to sit and chill they like right. that's what they like to do get stuff done and clean right. the house and like did it and like do stuff but maybe that's what they like to do because that's just a that's just a cover for deep deep down something more you know uh some other yeah. issue that I'm aware of I don't know but yeah. it is funny though because as you're saying that um uh oh actually wait I had a question about did you did he say that he just thought that's what you wanted to do No 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 this was all unconscious stuff happening like 6 years ago this is me now realizing like 
this is what was going on. He just like wasn't privy to what was going on in my mind. Okay. Yeah. So I can relate um, on your side of the coin a little bit because for a couple of reasons, but growing up, I wasn't, um, it's not like I could never chill. I'm not saying that like I had a fun childhood and all that, but (laughs) compared to all my friends, I think my dad was more firm on yard work and chores and, you know, mow the lawn and help me with the the shrubs and we're going to repot these bushes and we're going to like, or uh, repot these plants and we're going to, you know, shoveling snow, like forget Like once it started snowing, it could be, it could be midnight. Like I'm out there. Where are you from? New Jersey, New Jersey. That's right. And so I do, I have some friends that I grew up with that like never had to do any of that stuff. And they were more of like the chill and like have the TV on and like play video games and, you know, just like have sports center on. And like, we didn't even like, we hardly even had cable to a lot of them. It's like, you know, halfway through middle school or high school or whatever. And again, I'm not trying to like paint this like hard knocks picture. I'm really super <laughs> grateful for it. By the way, my dad's 71 and he still is literally doing yard work every single day. So for him, like the thought of like sitting on the couch and just turning the TV on, he's like, what? I, I, yeah. I don't, what do you mean? Like, it, so I'm kind of wired that way. And then I remember like when I would, like I had friends who were kind of like that and I would be like, easy bastard. Like I would get like, oh, like yeah. you're just sitting there. And like, that's, <laughs> and it's not fair for me to do that either. Right. But like, yeah. I had that. And then especially college. Oh my God. Like, like, yeah, we have roommates and I'm like, am I the, I'm like the one cleaning up and picking up after people. I like, I need, I needed to learn almost to be like more of like a chill bro because I was like the, like, I never, I never really sat still. That was like, you know, it had to be the end of the day. Like it had to be like dark out and like, yeah, going to sleep in the next couple hours, like middle of the day to sit on the couch and just chill and watch TV or something like what that doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Um, that TV back there is hardly even plugged in or, <laughs> or used. Um, again, not trying to act like I'm so cool. I never watch TV, but like I can relate to you where there's like the, a little bit of that resentment. I had, I, I had a little of that for like certain college roommates and stuff, yeah. but nothing to- like that, like, you know, screwed up our relationship, but I can relate to the, like, you think I want to, I'm over here doing all this stuff. Like what the, yeah, it's interesting. It's just because I think like that it like pushes people apart a little bit, especially mm-hmm. in romantic scenarios. Like it, yeah. because really, what's underneath that the nonverbal stuff is like, I just wish we were like in an intimate moment, and yeah, we were and, living and these like separate lives in this moment. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. And then it comes back to your point earlier of how important it is to have the conversation sooner. Then later, totally. actually, one of the client trainings I did recently, one of the gentlemen in, in the um, in the audience, I, I was talking about the invisible barrier and that it's yep. like, you know, start, we're bringing our stories into these present times and et cetera. And he goes and he starts shaking his head and he's like, wow. And I go, what's I go, what kind of came to your mind there? And he goes, well, my wife tells me, take the garbage out right now. And he's like. I'll take it out in the next like 10 or 20 minutes. Why do I have to take it out right now? And then he's like, and I just realized right now it has nothing to do with taking the fucking garbage out. Nope. It's <laughs> uh, like, exactly. Have the conversation. And by the way, I'm not trying to be up here telling you like I automatically know exactly what it is, but I could 
you know, place a bet that it's probably not just about the garbage. Right <laughs> this is amazing. Do you know right. how many garbage stories I've heard from couples that are not oh about God. the garbage? That's amazing. Actually, wait, you know what? <laughs> I actually got in trouble for the garbage. And I was like, I always like my thing is it's like I have these like little checklists in my head of when I do things. And I, I remember um, I got yelled at uh, <laughs> for not taking the garbage out when like and it was like the middle of the afternoon in my head. I'm like, well, it's not full enough to take out yet, but I'm going to take it out at night when it's like take the dogs for a walk, take the garbage out, really? clean the kitchen up and like, you know, wind down the house. Like that's like that's when I take it out. Totally. And it was, I was like, just, did you just take the, and it was one of those. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what else is going on here? We got to talk, babe. <laughs> it's amazing. This is so perfect. And even the way you just said that it goes back to something that I've taught in a workshop before around like masculine and feminine um, uh, priorities, mm. like the priority lists that go on like throughout the yeah. day, the different motivations, <clears throat> just how like feminine uh, is more like the cosmos and like can see all feel all all is available whereas the masculine is like the spaceship he's like in the spaceship like heading to a specific star and he's like got to check off his yeah. list so like he can't really like he's doesn't have the garbage in his mind if he's like working on something else like the garbage is not in his brain whereas for her the smell or the annoyance of it or whatever is affecting the whole day yeah interesting yeah that's funny um i'm curious actually like in that example the garbage example from your perspective is it about other things that have been built up that we have not talked about that were that are bothering you or bothering my ex-girlfriend at the time or girlfriend at the time about me and so the garbage is like one more thing added to this list of things that we have not addressed in appropriate communication is that basically it uh it's always just um the like the woman feeling like i don't feel like i have enough of his presence and time and space mm. and uh he keeps he keeps like ignoring this one little thing that I keep asking for is like the one little thing that like I don't want to do because it's smelly and it's gross. And he keeps not doing that. And so he just doesn't care about me at all, obviously, yeah, because that's... of that. That's like a symbol for like all the other things, which is like, I wish I had more of his time and presence. I'd like to connect more. Um, I need more intimacy. I want more, you know, I just want more of him without, mm -hmm. without distractions. And so this is like an easy thing to pick on because it's mm. just there. Fascinating. Yeah. And some of that is, is almost like word for word of, uh, what we ultimately ended up having to talk about and get to the bottom of, but I wanted to hear your perspective of it. The, the, you know, what's funny, the trash thing, um, is funny because uh, here's something that I talked about. Um, like, I know that men, you tell me how you feel about this. So if I were to ask you to take out the trash, like in two different ways, right? So number one, it would be like, hey, I've told you already, like, just take out the trash. This is so annoying. Like, just do it. And then the next one would be, hey, like, you know, I just, I feel a little bit like gross right now because the smell and it just makes me not feel good. And I just, I don't know, like, 
can you just help me like feel better right now um, with the smell in the room and just like the trash, you know? So it's like this different like way of, can you help me like fix this problem that I'm having as opposed to, I told you to do something and it's separate from me, but like yeah. this, the trash is like a personal thing and it like affects me like in a big way. So um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on those two things. Well, I like the difference in, you know, what you say is, or how you say what you say is what you say. So well done. Um, what about, so I don't want to speak for all men, but for me, if I'm in a loving relationship, which if I'm going to have a girlfriend, that's where my head's at is I'm yeah. all in. I mean, if I'm asked to do anything politely with a please, yeah. and it's just from a sincere place, like, Hey babe, can you take the trash out, please? Sure. Absolutely. Totally. And then, and I'm like, I'll, yeah, I, I'm like, I, I like to do things. I like to be the person who's helpful and conscientious. So there's a hand, there's a lot of things that I would notice to do without having to be asked. But then in that busy checklist of what I'm fixating on, I might not notice something else yep. to do. I remember one of the times the trash thing came up was after I had like really done like a whole, like <laughs> we did a whole trip to home i think it was like the garden center and i we repotted plants and we cleaned the kitchen and made dinner and we're cleaning it was all these things that in my head i'm like oh i'm doing all these great things look at me i'm such a great boyfriend and but like she was fixated on the one or two things that i didn't do that she just wished that i had done and i was like man after all that all right but let's you know let's talk about it and so then it was like if it ever comes up let's just right in the moment and so that so that it wasn't an eat away at you thing um one of my i don't know triggers or wounds or whatever is if people like kind of bark orders at me yeah that's i have a defense that goes right up yeah and then and then i recognize it but i used to like really push people away like you know that would that would not be a way to get through to me versus if someone just communicates to me with level with mutual respect and polite I, and i per, i really do manners go a very long way for me i don't like when people are like give me that i'm like can i have that please like totally that's what i would communicate back to you um and then there was a master class on that. And they actually had a connection between the importance of politeness in your communication and people. And six, I was like, or successful people. I was like, yeah. Yes. Like, I so love great. that. But she, like it was one of the literal things like being polite. But anyway, um, yeah, people, if, if people ask me to do things nicely, I'm happy to like go above and beyond for like a stranger. Right. I'm like a pretty, you know, nice totally. person. If I'm told to do something, my, my guard starts to go up. This is, I love that we're dissecting the trash scenario because everyone can relate to this. And like, I'm even going to just like push it one step further. The reason sure. I use those two different ways of <clears throat> asking is because the first way was just straight criticism. That's mm, why it doesn't yeah. land. It's like mm -hmm. when women criticize men, the second way is like inspiring or enacting or inviting providership. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's like a classic kind of like masculine feminine teaching around like why why relationships get so frustrating and why like men, you know, end up not doing all the things that they really do deep down want to be doing. And then the women right. are mad at them for not doing all the things. It's because of the mis the mishandling of the of the communication and like how exactly. it's being asked. So exactly. I, I love what you said there. It's just about like polite, kind, um, and criticism is one of the four horsemen of relationship. That's why people break up. If you're criticizing someone as you're asking for a favor, 
that's not yeah. gonna work <laughs> oh or ever i mean being criticized yeah like never feels good there's a difference between constructive criticism and even that still sounds a little prick prickly like feedback like yeah, helping feedback. people grow I love feedback. And doing it from a place of love and support. But if you start to get, if you get criticized too much in a relationship and you get nip, like the way a man is, a man, a man is going to perceive it or many men do. And yeah. I know I can, is it comes off as it's, you know, it stings a little, it makes you like question the trust a little bit. Like, can I, can I totally trust you and be then like, like you got my back here, like, yeah. or like what's going on here. But then also it comes out. And then the other thing with the trash not particularly exactly the criticism thing, but it comes off as nagging. And then, and so like, then you fall into the the typical man trap of being annoyed by my nagging girlfriend or totally. wife. And I, and I don't really think that I am that type of type of guy, Yeah. but I'll find myself falling into those types of feelings yeah. And I'll categorize them that way where I'm like, oh, like it's, it's, it's naggy, it's pressure yeah. or it's critical. I'm being criticized when really you, you want to, you got to both be supporting each other and lifting yep. each other up. Yep. And it's like, it's gotta, like your partner's gotta be the person that you can come back to when you're having the tough day. Cause you did just get criticized or, totally. you know, presentation didn't go well, the client didn't close and you come home and you're like, I just need like a warm, loving, safe yeah. place. Totally. You know, like that's what you need to come back to. Yeah. Not the like critical, you know, approach to language yeah. that just, it doesn't land. It doesn't, it's not influential. It can be manipulative. Yeah. It can get people to behave in a way yeah. in the short term, yeah. but it's not sustainable. No, you know, that's the, it's kind of the difference between like manipulation and influence, right? Influence is coming from a place of love and support and togetherness and that and then we can get people to to take action because it's coming yeah. from that energy. Yeah. Versus manipulation or really, you know, cracking the whip yeah. or you know, being a boss or being, you know, being critical. It can get people to do things, but it's not influential and it's not sustainable. Love so that. Like, that's kind of how I see the difference. Of, what was in, hit my mic. Love that. Uh, that's great. Um, that's such a great like distinction influence versus manipulation in a way um like br bringing something out of someone really like enlivening and inspiring them versus um that's it inspiring action inspiring something yep versus the all right i'll just do i'll do this to get her off my back i'll do <sighs> this so my boss shuts up i'll do this because i'm i was i was pushed into it because of fear because i could lose my job I'll Ugh. do this because we might, I don't want to get in an argument. It's that not just, inspiring influence. No, you know? that like takes me straight to um, like obligatory sex and like really passionate sacred sex. You can just feel the difference right there. Mm -hmm. And I can, if a couple's going through that in the, gar with the garbage scenario, they're probably going through the same thing in the bedroom. If they're having sex at all <laughs> they're having sex at all yeah that, that exactly. couple sounds to me like there, there's nothing going on <laughs> yeah two different, two different beds maybe no I'm, I'm i don't want to totally but i think it's just it's amazing to have these kinds of conversations because we've been able to kind of just flow from work to the kitchen at home to the bedroom at yeah. home just like the smelly the trash can that <laughs> i was late to take out yeah uh, yeah i mean it's Great. all I mean, it's, you know, I probably said this on the last one. It's it, the common denominator is humans. It's, you know, that's for everything in life. 
mm. is relationships. And then if you peel back that layer, it's communication and, you know, your language and your communication to yourself. What's the story you're telling yourself? Yeah. How, and then the relationship you have with yourself, how you relate yeah. to yourself. And then that's at your core. And then the very next most immediate thing is then how you relate to the outside world and the people around you. Yeah. And how you communicate with the outside world and the people around you is a mm. reflection of what is going on internally. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and so that it's another, you know, added to the million reasons why I'm like so fascinated by communication. Like I would argue it is the most important thing. And to take it even deeper, it's emotional intelligence, awareness, self-awareness, awareness of why we do the things we do. And a lot of that has to stem back from our childhood and trauma and belief systems and all that. Why recognition of our emotions, recognition of how we relate to the world, recognition of how we communicate mm -hmm. to other people, then our relationships. And it all kind of builds from there. And you can make a case for that for everything. Obviously, love and relationships, right? Personally, you know, spouse, friends, family. Yeah. You could then work, people at work, your career, clients, colleagues, bosses, whatever. But then you could also make that for your finances, right? Has a lot to do with your belief systems. Mm. The your the, the decisions that you make. Are you are you recognizing your emotion and your impulse? And you're able to control it and make a more thoughtful decision, or are you impulsive and you're gonna go to the ATM and go buy that thing at the store you don't need, or I guess maybe swipe the credit card now? But like the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence and the you know the the recognition of how you're feeling and or the the awareness of how you're feeling and why, and the ability to just take a quick step back and a little bit of a pause and observe mm. what the hell is really going on is better for every area of your life. God. I love yeah. that so much. You just like <laughs> crystallized it. And also for me, like everything you just shared makes me think of like, you don't have to be, nobody has to be perfect. Nobody has to yeah. like, you know, become this like perfect, you know, person with a bow tie and that like all your traumas in the past and nothing comes up. My, my yeah. cat. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Essentially like the pause is enough to kind of, take yourself and be like, okay, I'm in control of myself, my body, yeah. my mind. And I can say like, okay, I feel triggered by this thing. Oh, okay. Here's what it is. It's reminding me of when I was, okay, I I'm feeling a little rejected. Okay, cool. That person did not actually reject me. I'm just feeling rejected. So like, how do I calm myself down? Exactly. And now it's like, that was, that's my perception. And then if you can do that for yourself, then you can do that with a partner. And if that right. partner can do that for themselves then you can come together and be like, cool, we're these like two humans that can like interconnect and be interdependent on each other and really like right. create that um, desire and that understanding and that connection. I think that's what we all really want with our traumas and our triggers and our stuff. Exactly right. Yeah, that's well said. And so it's like, or you said something really important. It's not about being perfect. <laughs> It's not yeah. this like kumbaya woke, you're floating on a cloud, totally. a cloud above everybody, completely unbothered. Like, <laughs> like right. that, I mean, maybe somebody can get there. That's really cool. But it's like, but they you probably can't relate to somebody else that's 
living in the real world. Yeah. Maybe, well, yeah. Well, it's like, I, you know, some of the, like I follow some of those like monks who one of them's Dan Dapani. Uh, and then there's this other guy, there's one or two others that I, I just forget their names, but they seem pretty unbothered by most yeah. things. And, but even they will say, it's like, it's not like you don't feel like you, it's not like you don't feel the emotional ping. Yeah. But you've, you basically like the way it occurs to me, I don't know. I don't want to speak on behalf of the monks, but the way it occurs <laughs> for me is like, you've basically, it's almost like an emotional, um, I don't know if callous is the word. It's like a, maybe it's just like a muscle that you've strengthened enough so that the task doesn't feel so heavy. It doesn't feel like mm -hmm. such a heavy lift. Yeah. Because you practiced it a lot. Right. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, if this is all brand new to you or you're not practicing, you know, emotional management and any self-awareness at all, then all of these triggers throughout our day are going to agitate us. We're going to have, we hear something, we hear one little sound bite in the news and we immediately have a whole formulated opinion on it. Totally. Which really like a good default there could be like, okay, I don't know all the facts. Totally. So let me, like, if I want to really look into it, I can, it's not an issue I they particularly care about or need to care about right now. I actually don't need to let it like piss my whole day off versus yeah. being like share it on social media, text a friend. Can you believe this person did this in the media? So uh, it doesn't really warrant yeah. all of that energy. Most wow. things don't. It doesn't mean you're never ever going to react. Yeah. Anything ever. It's about calibrating because some scenarios yeah. need your fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You have to think factor fast and react because you need to save your life for somebody else's. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we're not really in a lot of those in our daily lives, but it exists for a reason. Mm. The problem is, is that that same level of reaction and emotional spike and then staying in that agitated state, we've we've practiced because of the world that we live in to have that level of emotion and reaction for like things that don't warrant that mm -hmm. at all. Like all yeah. of these little things that happen in our day to day. Yeah. So the more you strengthen that, the more you could take a look at it and be like, you know what? I actually don't need to have an opinion about that. At least not right now. I actually don't need to get as frustrated. I was feeling pretty frustrated. I'm just going to try to calm down. Give me a minute. But let me try it. Let's talk in a second. I just need to chill for a sec. It could start like that. And then the more you practice that over weeks or months, the next thing you know, you've strengthened that emotional management muscle and that self-awareness muscle that you do. It doesn't bother you as much. Like stuff that used to really piss me off and irritate me either do just doesn't anymore yeah. or I catch it and, and I'm back down to calm in three to five seconds versus pissed all day. Love you it. Know? And love so it. that's kind of what I mean by what I mean by that is like, it. it's not about perfect. It's just about, like you said, also so much of it is the awareness. Just yeah. take a look at it. Just and, take a look at it. You know. Thank you for sharing all that. And just, just because you were talking about the fight or flight thing. I have recently been doing a lot of like feminine embodiment stuff. I'm like in this women's group uh, nice. we meet every week. It's a beautiful exploration for me. And one of the things we talked about was that the problem with us humans is our prefrontal cortex in that we don't close the loop on our fight or flight stress hormones and our mm. fear on our pain. We haven't closed the loop on a lot of the stuff that happened to us as kids. And we don't close the loop on what's coming up for us now. So for the, the example is that like, you know, when you see a deer get chased by a tiger or a lion or something, it automatically gets in its fight or flight. The stress hormones kick in, it escapes. Once it's in um, a safe space, you actually can see videos of like this deer shaking uncontrollably. 
And what the deer is doing is releasing the tension and the pain out of its body because it instinctually knows that tension is not good to keep in its body. Wow. And it's beautiful. And we used to do that too, as indigenous humans. We used to have oh, a ceremony. We used to shake. We used to move our bodies, right? Thinking about why we, why music and dance was always ceremonial. It was always very tribal and it was about- Whoa, this is so fascinating. Yes, I loved, oh gosh, I loved this 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 lesson that we did. But through that, um, when you find, you find that like you were talking at the beginning of the episode, you know, why can't you break through that next level of, of making video content, right? Like what mm-hmm. has you- hold yourself back for a couple of days after a great stretch, right? It's usually some sort of fear of the next level or yeah. whatever it is up ahead. And with, because we're so good and so intellectual and we just, we do all our videos and we write all our content and we we're just so smart. We forget that all we really need to do is, is probably shake the fear out, like shake the pain out, like get it out of our bodies. And so this is such a beautiful, like, thing that I've been working on too, because I had the same experience happen a couple, like maybe a week ago. I was like, really like, oh, why can't I, why am I so low after a really great streak of momentum? Like, why do I feel like I can't do stuff? That was and recently? I, that was the last yes, couple weeks? literally the last oh couple of weeks, Alex, I've been there same. right there with you. Oh, <laughs> like what? eating ice cream on my couch. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? I bought anyway. cheesecake for no reason last night. Dude, just I'm- a whole cheesecake. And I was just sitting on my couch like. <laughs> Me too, so good. This is what I do. This is what I do. And every time I, one day, that's fine. Like a fun day of like eating your favorite food. Yeah, cool. yeah. But then when it's like the day four and five, you're like, there's something going on. Sure. And I'm like, cool. What's going on? Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared of the next level. I'm scared of what doing the things is going to take me to the next level. So my body's like, Oh, we're going to sabotage you. We're going to keep you back. So we're yep. just going to have you sit on the couch. And this amazing woman shout out Mego Sullivan. She was just like inspiring me, like kind of leading me just like, honestly, like pushing me to start this process of shaking every morning. Wow, and it's cool. really supported me. And I really think of the deer and closing the loop and this, ability to come back into our tribal roots. And anyway, I just went on a long thing, but I just needed to say that because of the fight. No, or flight. That was great. We really have to learn how to do that um, as men and women. We've got to close the loop on our fears. We've got to acknowledge the fear, say, okay, I'm not doing the things because I'm lazy. I'm not doing them because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm like this little boy and little girl that's scared. So, yeah. okay, let's shake it out. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting. Yeah. Is it, can you dance or work out? Can you sprint? Can you lift heavy or do a cardio class? Or does it literally need to be some like level of vibration of shaking for it to work? In my opinion, I don't know. I'm excited for you to test this out, Alex, and get yeah. back to me. But it it shouldn't be something that is like attaining a result or, uh, trying to get to a, uh, like sprinting or lifting heavy weights or something that's different. That's like you like achieving outcomes, you know? Yeah. Um, it should be a closed eye connection to tribal music and your feet on the ground so that you can like connect to what's happening inside of your body. So like, in my opinion, it's, it's, it doesn't work as well if you're looking externally. It's really about looking internally. Interesting. I like that a lot. Um, 
in the last couple of weeks, um, I go in and out of like working out a lot. I, I have a pretty consistent yoga practice. Um, and I find that sometimes I lose count, which is silly. Cause it's like, you're only counting like six or eight or 10, but I just, cause I'm like thinking about other stuff. And a few weeks ago, what I started doing was just lowering the weight a little bit and not counting and mm. just kind of getting in my head and just doing the squats, the push-ups, mm. the pull, like the, whatever the exercise was and just doing it to like get reps kind of exhaustion. I don't know if I did 15 or 35, it doesn't really matter. And it was just like an energy thing. And I have like really like, like kind of old school, hardcore punk music going, just brings me right back to high school, like super fast <laughs> drum. Um, and like, I'm like playing the air drums all day, like a 12 year old, but yeah, like, and if I would just leave the gym feeling so good yeah. and it would just be a mixed bag of exercises. I wasn't sticking to my normal regimen yeah. of like, you know, certain muscle group days. It was like, it almost was like, I'm just going to burn it off in here today, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And if it feels like it's going to be squats and leg press and then a bunch of pushups, then that's what it'll be. But right. it's like, I don't know if that's kind of similar, but part, yeah. part of the reason I brought that up is because it wasn't like for a result yeah. or to accomplish a thing. It was to just just be exhausted and feel great and just yeah. leave there. Like I left it all in there. That I sense. love that. Do you ever find that? Okay. This is some beautiful, like man, woman stuff. Like, cause when I am doing what I'm doing, like I will cry at a lot of the moments I'm like releasing. Do you find that like emotions come to you when you're in those moments and like, you do want to release tears? Yeah. Um, those moments, like I get knotted up sometimes with different things. If I like, so not to say no, and it try to be some like macho answer, but like, I don't yeah. think I've felt that to the level of wanting to maybe cry with like yeah. the workout or yoga, Cool. but I do have times where certain music mm -hmm. and maybe I think that, I think a lot of people are could probably like agree with this though certain singing and certain yeah. like piano yeah i don't I, I feel like this might be a little like i'm saying something kind of different but that sometimes that can just stop me in my tracks i came across this pianist um tony ann i think it is he's on instagram and youtube and um some of his songs you're just like like right like you're like yeah. whoa and yeah. maybe i i think i feel like piano and singing does that for people yeah but I'll have other days where I'm like, oh, it's really beautiful. And then I have other times where totally. I'm like cooking dinner and it'll come on. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just yeah. like, what am I hearing? Oh, um, I love it. That's yeah. great. I love that. Oh, Alex, this has been a beautiful convo. Thank you for coming back on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Appreciate love it. it. All right, you guys, until the next time.